Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. and welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick in the absence of Adam Wilborn, joined by fellow Dudley boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that's in store for us on Smackdown tonight. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Raw, Smackdown, Dynamite, Rampage, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, we have wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Hamlet, what's the time? 20 minutes. Easy 20 minutes, in and out. <laughs> uh, there's one thing advertised for the show tonight, and that is the return of Brock Lesnar. Um, I'm a casual fan of SmackDown. Yeah. It's just easy to just... Cobble together most of it on a Sunday night before we record the review pod on a uh, <laughs> Monday, personally, yeah. for me. So following the events of Crown Jewel at which he was screwed, he went on a rampage, mm-hmm. subsequently fined $1 million, was it? Yes. By <laughs> Adam <laughs> Pierce and suspended. He's now been unsuspended. Why? Because they need him back because the storyline demands it. There's, there was no narrative explanation given beyond Adam Pearce pulling his collar like a sort of cartoon. Oh, no. Wasn't it his decision? Well, yeah, but even his villainy hasn't been explained. Like, his his and Sonya Deville's sudden turn to this authoritative dark side was never fleshed out. They weren't driven to it or anything like that. Everything is everything just, it just happens, doesn't it? It just happened. I mean, Christ almighty. So the idea is they've got Lesnar back, which I find curious, and that's why we're going to discuss here. It's not as if, and we're going to, f- ah, don't worry, brother, I've got the fifth goddamn bullet point <laughs> written down. It's not as if SmackDown is approaching anything to a ratings crisis. Mm-hmm. It's held up, there's two words I would use to describe, remarkably or inexplicably well. Every time, there's like an excuse for dynamite. I know, it's a time zone, it's just a time zone. Um, Raw, well, it's like, it absolutely sucks, and it's three hours long, and they face major competition. Like, SmackDown somehow gets that number that they are getting every single week, despite good competition, despite Friday being a more social night, which accounts for the great attendances. I mean, people didn't think the ratings were going to be that strong. The show's held up remarkably well. 
So it's not as if Lesnar's coming back to save it because it needs saving. Mm. Can Brock Lesnar save SmackDown? You've ruined, ruined the bullet point with the inexplicably successful TV program. <laughs> Are they going to do, given the calendar, Reigns versus Lesnar at day one? And if so, what, what have they got for WrestleMania? Because I'm thinking nothing. Well, <laughs> that's the... Genuinely, for WWE, which makes a change, that is the interesting conversation. Um, day one, no. Royal Rumble, possibly. Yes, that's odd. Like, Royal Rumble, very possibly, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, which is almost a, um, I don't know, are they asking dickhead pundit psychos out for a fight by daring to put Brock Lesnar in the Royal, uh, in the Royal Rumble match against Roman Reigns? Because we know what that match is. That match is always, right, you can fake a bit of heat, for the January show, but the title isn't changing hands. Have a bit of fun with it. And to be fair, this is a rematch. So that's the show to do it on. They had the big one. They yeah. had the genuine tension of it all in Saudi Arabia. They've clung quite nicely, I might add, onto the Paul Heyman suspense. That's the best part of the story. It was yeah. before. It still is now. Um, so I expect more of that if whatever Brock does tonight, they'd, they'd be mad not to use the Paul Heyman stuff because they did well enough to hold on to it with Paul Heyman overacts, and that's really cringeworthy. But the... The fundamental tenet of the story yeah. is whose side is he on? And is he, in fact, still on his own and tr still trying to keep both sides sweet? Um, so, yeah, I could, if not day one, the Royal Rumble. But ultimately, what we're talking about is for the now, not for the then. Um, it makes WrestleMania and discussion of WrestleMania actually more fascinating if they are going to blow through Brock Lesnar. Typically, when WWE does this, oh, he's coming back and there's nothing you can do about it now... It's for, not just for the tonight, it's for the announcement of the big match. And you think you've got a problem now, well, wait till day one or wait till Royal Rumble when you're going to get this title match. I'd be amazed if they don't. I'd be amazed if Brock Lesnar is only coming back to pop this number this week and they haven't got the match in mind. Um, I guess Adam Pearce could say, and he could like fall back on this, oh, I'm really sorry, we've got Sami Zayn and there's something more to discuss about Sami Zayn, which I genuinely quite liked from last week's show. Um, I'll, I'll write that down then. No, 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 I've got it written down. <laughs> Scrambling for bullet points this week. There is a there is a, a nice Sami Zayn story being told, I think. But I quite like the idea that Adam Pearce, who otherwise wouldn't give a toss that Sami Zayn has won a number one contender's title shot, could suddenly think, oh, I'm afraid you're out of luck, Brock, because Zayn won this match and it's him, Roman, at day one. And you'll have to wait your turn and all that. So they might actually go with Zayn, Roman, at day one. I, I'm not so sure they will. Um, and what does Roman Reigns do? He looked on from his chair at the head of the table, which wasn't, it was a sofa chair, it was nowhere near a table, in his locker room eating salad watching the Battle Royal last week. Um, at some point, he's going to have to speak on this with confidence and agency. He can't, I don't think, anyway, this Roman Reigns character can't keep being the boilerplate WWE coward to Brock, can he? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work for this dynamic that, as you say, is somehow... Roman, at least, is somehow keeping people on the hook. I mean, I've got, I think I can work out, you know, you called it inexplicable. I think I might have an explanation for you. When I was younger. Don't, um, it's the end, it's the last bullet point. What's that? How are they keeping their audience? Yeah, yeah. I've got, well, in which case, great. I've got some content for that. because I needed point. something because I didn't give us anything to preview. That's okay. I would welcome Roman Reigns speaking on this before Brock arrives. I would like Roman to take a bit of agency back. Moreover, I don't want Roman Reigns to do his slow, deliberate walk to the ring. I don't want him to do his slow, deliberate promo with his boring cadence. 
wanted to get some content out there. I wanted to get some words out there. I've been thinking, right? SmackDown's two hours long, yeah? Yes. 120 minutes. Yes. I think the big dog can go... You just made us think of MTV2 now. I'd rather watch that than preview this. That was great. Well, I think the big dog, the old head of the table, our old tribal chief, if he really tries, can do a thousand words a minute for all of SmackDown. Now, that would total... 120,000 words yes. on WWE television. But if that's not the type of 120,000 words you would like, I can't think of anywhere else you could get them. Well, you can get 120,000 insightful, passionate, analytical words all about the formation and the two-year lifespan so far of AEW at, in book form, whatculture.bigcartel, becoming all elite, the rise of AEW, written by myself, Michael Sidgwick, and I'm not saying this, right, as they... Desperate sales pitch of, oh, you know, it's nearly sold out. So get your tickets now, otherwise you might miss out. Like, legitimately. Awful when I do that online, isn't it? There's a few left if you come quickly. Legitimately, there's very few left to the point that I'm expecting that we'll have to do another print run at some point, but maybe they'll just do some kind of secondary market racket. Oh, that'd be great. Imagine, like, finding your book on, like, Viagogo or something. <laughs> Basically, if you want it soon, yep. you want to order it now because... I imagine the Christmas period will delay, I would expect a reprint, kind of out of my hands. Get it now. Buy it now if you want it as soon as possible. Um, for the Brock thing, for me, it's so weird because I've been saying for ages at this point, what else, other than Roman versus Brock, have they got for WrestleMania 38? And at this point, it's like, oh, they might even not do that at WrestleMania 38. I don't know what happened tonight. I expect Brock Lesnar to come back all pissed off with a nice... Beautiful big Brock smirk on his face. He's mm -hmm. great at that. Um, Brock and Sammy interactions could be great. Yep. Like, they could be like a little buddy unit <laughs> going up against the bloodline. That would be genuinely good would value. quite funny. But ultimately, the only thing I can think of is if they're doing it quicker than Mania, which would suggest to me they'd seem to write him out in their stupid customary way to excuse him from the things that are happening now that could bring him back in time for Mania season. That doesn't seem to be happening. Might they have Paul Heyman realign with Brock Lesnar and do a third match with Roman being the babyface and the dynamics all completely changed? Christ. I mean, it's not that wild considering they've done an absolutely hideous job of building up a babyface for Roman. Yes. So maybe you just... He's the babyface all yeah, along. Yeah, maybe just do it now, I guess. Um, you got me thinking there about... Remember that on-screen rib when Sami Zayn was like concocting strategy with Roman and Seth? And they were just yes. like, this guy talks, you know. Because, because he was infamously that's apparently a perfectionist, annoying bastard backstage. Owens kind of loves him for it, but yeah. everybody else is like, oh, this guy. Like, imagine if you have that with him and Brock and they're fighting the bloodline and he's just doing all the talking, his hands are flailing all over the shop. And he's like, and you know, by the way, there's a conspiracy going on against me, so you're going to have to watch out for this and blah, blah, blah. And Brock just does the, you talk too much. But you're all right. And then gives him the elbow, but knocks him clean yeah. out of shot with it. Like, <laughs> Sammy just goes flying out of shot, like Adam Cole off a Keith Lee charge or something like that. I'm, you, but you saw me on that. I'm banging to Brock yeah. and Sammy versus the bloodline. It's like the weirdest energy together. Yeah. But like On the subject of Sammy Zane, he was um, determined as the number one contender last week in a match that got my attention, not necessarily in the best way, but I'm thinking, they're not going to do this match. Mm. How do they do this match, or how do they get out of doing this match? Like, Sami Zayn could still be, like, an incredible babyface opponent for Roman Reigns. Maybe they're thinking, like, who else have we got? You said you had a take about Sami Zayn. I personally, before I get that from you, would think that 
does he at some point look in the mirror and go, I've been an irritating tosspot for the last two or three years. I can't blame a conspiracy any longer. It would be such a great match if Sami Zayn babyface goes up against Roman. Is that where they're heading or where do you think it's heading? Well, I actually personally think that is far too detailed and nice yes. for WWE to do, but it's Indeed. A, you know, a great sort of idea for how to book this character. In What I like about this Sami Zayn thing, and it's the right time of year for this to be happening, so he got his title shot last week, and that is still his. That's safe. However, he wasn't even allowed to smell the roses because Kayla was there to say, Brock's here next week. So as much as Sammy should have been celebrating, not only was he stressed about the very existence of Brock, which it's is more conspiracy stuff. It is, but it's specific conspiracy stuff because that was twice in a week he was screwed out of a title shot because of the egg. Yes. Now, that felt joined up. Sammy finds the egg, doesn't get the title shot that he was promised for getting the egg. Wins a title shot by winning a battle royal. Theoretically has it, but if fighting the head of the table wasn't hard enough, he's potentially got Brock. There's two ways I think you could go with this. You do the um, Seth Rollins, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, monster triple threat, where Sammy's like, are you kidding me? My title shot, inverted commas, is Brock and Roman in the same match, and that preserves the singles dynamic between Brock and Roman for the Royal Rumble. Just a cute... Gag of a match at day be, one. If they did that, what a near fall potential there would yeah. be in Sami Zayn stealing a spear roll up or something. Pushes him out of the ring yeah. ever so briefly. Um, it's And it's going to bang. That match will yeah, be that really good. Really fun, huh? And you keep the singles match safe for the Royal Rumble, but it's something fun for day one. It goes on the undercard. Roman obliterates Sami to retain. Job done. Or does somehow Sami find this title shot, like the Aeg one, lifted from him, and the conspiracy for the first time, is real. Mm. The management of the heels, Vince McMahon is a odd guy on Raw. And Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville are arseholes across both brands. And fans, because they're in the building, actually can rally around Sammy again. Like All of this stuff that he was doing because he was a loony lefty, it's actually happening. Everything he's saying is true. And he wins the Royal Rumble. Or... He's told he's going to win the Royal Rumble by management that know that his contract is coming due and yes. are trying to think of ways to keep him. And suddenly you have a very credible and tenured Royal Rumble winner that is just picking up babyface steam because he's been legitimately cheated out of two title shots. I just thought it was nice that it happened to him in the same terms twice in a week. Yes. And he's so good that he gets gets bad material over. And I think this is virgin on good material. This is genuinely... They'll find a way to book it or It'll get messed up. <laughs> it will get messed up. Yeah. But so hope that kills you specifically, isn't it? <laughs> Always, every time. How have you got these hopes and these ideas? Every, I just, yeah, it's, it's growing up working class. Putting <laughs> <laughs> 30 years into something as you're told to. Jesus <laughs> Christ, what time it are we on? Is, it is actually going to bring me to, that'll, that'll tie into point four or five of your bullets, by the way, as well. Well, <laughs> speaking of bullets, not long left. Get in. <laughs> so number three. <laughs> <laughs> Love this, we're doing our, our fave five. Fave five on Smackdown. Tony Storm to fire back. The babyface got pied twice. Yep. This is the thing that happens to the heel once, and it happened to the babyface twice, which doesn't really give me any... Sh- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Reassuring indications that they're going to do a pretty damn detailed and good Sami Zayn babyface turn if I'm being honest this company is absolutely clueless Tony Storm versus Charlotte after you know the thing is like she, she won't get enough credit for this but Tony Storm got like ridiculed a couple of years ago for her genuinely disastrous promo game I generally think she's actually improved somewhat she's got mm-hmm. a bit of composure she'll never be confused with like someone who can really sell you a fight or like this absolutely incendiary talker but I think she's done remarkably well to just polish it up and become Passable. Yeah. She did stumble on her words a little bit under the fox glare in that exchange with Charlotte Flair last week. Do they even like her? Is this placeholder stuff? The match will be great, but no one gives a toss about Tony Storm and they're not likely to. So how did... From the fallout last week, (laughs) this week, how do they save Tony Storm? (laughs) There is some... um, Political mirroring going on, is there not? The Survivor Series match didn't happen as it was happening between Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. By that, I mean that Charlotte Flair did the old Triple H. Every dog ever did. Smiled with the belt over her shoulder and walked out as if she'd won. Um, that, uh, do you know what? Like That's been understated, in my opinion, coming out of that show. That's some proper 90s political juice. Wrestlers rarely care about the wins and losses anymore because they, they have that care beating out of them. It was pretty cool to watch that play out, wasn't it? Yes. You just don't get that now. Like, a wrestler was like, is that good for my character wins? I don't give a fuck about the character. <laughs> God, I don't lose. And they just do. Yeah. You don't get that sort of spice anymore. And, like, as ugly as that finish played out, Becky's got a... Becky, the ostensible baby face, has got a cheat to win. Yeah. Charlotte the heel walks out. Going, got me this time. I kind of love that two people could have the stroke yes. and the care to want all this. But the political mirroring continues because Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan is on Raw. 
and Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm is on SmackDown. You're not telling me that they're not going to be now competing with each other so you can do the better job of elevating a loser in a storyline. Yes. So I think that's happening. I think Charlotte Flair will want to have something better with Tony Storm than what Becky Lynch is doing with Liv Morgan. Not hard. Not hard enough anymore because of Monday's segment and just generally how that's kind of flopped. Yeah. Ultimately, this won't uh, elevate Tony Storm to the next level because levels don't exist anymore. Tony Storm is getting her turn. Yeah. The match will be better because Tony Storm is better Tony than Storm Liv, rules. Is better than Liv Morgan. Like that's not to be cruel to Liv Morgan, but brass tacks are. Charlotte's got an easier job on hands yeah. because Liv Morgan, uh, Tony Storm's pretty great. Um, the pie over two videos where it was used as a thumbnail by WWE's YouTube accounts did a combined total of uh, 2.3 million views. You know why people are clicking the Tony Storm in the pie in the face? Yeah. Or, the, the new or they're into that. No kink shaming. They're into it. No, they knew deep down, right? that it wasn't cum. <laughs> if they were reminded of their own cum, yeah. they need to go and see a doctor. Some people are into gunge and pie and stuff. Yeah, they? but like, does your cum work like that? Never. But I don't want to think about that. But it's just stare, break, and continue. No, it's, but like, people have gone, ah, what if it actually is? <laughs> <laughs> so that's clearly what they've done. Was it a pie or was it the pie from American Pie? That's the numbers. Or was it just a lot of it? We know why it's been clicked. They knew what they were doing when it was clicked, but numbers, engagement, blah, blah, blah. They'll see this feud as a success. Tony Storm might claim a measure of revenge this week, which won't do half as well for clicks, but the match will be better. So Charlotte Flair will want this to go as well as possible. It'll be like, huh. Not doing so well throwing the ladder down on Raw, are you? I thought I was the selfish one. Remember that story that got out that she wanted Bianca Belair to beat her? Right around the time of the heat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is her opportunity to like manifest something that looks like a, a version of that. So I think it will be good, is what I'm saying. I, I think the promos might be, eh, but I think the match that they're building to will be pretty great. It's a nailed on day one match, this because Tony Storm loses. The issue is we're previewing SmackDown and not day one, so this is probably going to be a rubbish segment of television. I'm afraid so. With Charlotte Flair going, uh, something like, Oh, I'm sorry. How can you talk with all that cream in your mouth? <laughs> well, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's just awful. Uh, it was Thanksgiving, Tony. You should have been thanking me, the <laughs> Queen, for even mentioning your name. <laughs> oh, have we known who Charlotte Flair is for like three years? Who is, like, who is this character? I've got, I, I, I find it insufferable. It, man, it, like, bends your mind trying to work it out, doesn't it? You, you are just bending over backwards to try and understand if she's a heel or a baby face, what her true motivations are. Who she even thinks she is? I do not get it. No. I don't get this. Like, she's I might not like. bearable when she's got a microphone in her hand. Well, I might in not. In the worst kind of way. Like, or, I, I don't particularly get a lot of joy seeing Becky Lynch try and swim against the tide with this character on Raw. On Raw, but I know who the character is. Yes, Big Time Bex is a very like you. You can see it. You just don't want to see her portraying it. Yes, I don't know what I'm looking at with Charlotte Flair, and I haven't known for years at this point. Uh, penultimate thing is Drew McIntyre versus Adam Pearce. The next Steve Austin. I can't even do the voice. Why are they doing Austin McMahon? Why, why are they doing this? Is uh, 
is this going to lead to a big closing segment after Adam Pearce has been screwing with Drew, just screwing around too much, screwing with Drew for too long, that he holds the sword against his head like the Bang 316 gun. He's just got Angela <laughs> up against him. Oh, you pissed yourself. Let's <laughs> go with the other end. <laughs> Imagine that. Don't you dare get sh- on Angela's tip. <laughs> shove it up there. Uh, maybe, maybe the Drew stuff is pretty, pretty good, and that never ends well. The matches have been of a... Um, Genuinely good standard, and every year, the draft is rubbish. The Survivor Series straight after the draft is even worse. And yet, every year, WWE get really lucky. We talked about this on the review of SmackDown this week. Somehow, one wrestler actually feels like they've changed companies. I don't know how they do it. Yes. It's the Seth Rollins thing about the ropes and Tom Phillips being in the chair instead of Michael Cole. But one wrestler gets that look, and this year it's Drew. The matches have been good. He genuinely feels like he started again. I think it was because there was just nout else left from yeah. on Raw. They'd squeezed every bit of juice out of the fruit on Raw. And he genuinely feels like the new guy, like the, the SmackDown roster, whoever that even is, should be concerned about Drew patrolling the halls. Yeah. Um, which, by virtue of that, means that Adam Pearce needs to put a thumb on him because bosses hate talent. and hate but why? <laughs> it's never been established why. Since 1998, an authority figure has not explained why they hate their top talent so much. Before WrestleMania 14, Kevin Kelly, of all people, interviewed Vince McMahon, the owner in the ring, and the owner was like, I don't think Steve Austin would make a good corporate figure. Say what you will about Shawn Michaels telling everybody to suck his cack, but he'll wear a suit and he'll do what I ask him. Steve Austin doesn't like that guy. Oh, you've completely rationalized why yes. you don't want him to win your belt. Never again has no. the justification been explained ever since. They just assume it to be a thing. You know, if like, we like to think our bosses are okay with us. We produce the content. Imagine like we knocked out 10 more podcasts a week than we do already. And then they're like, we've got to stop them damn dadlies. We've got to do something about this. This isn't, this isn't, I don't like these numbers. I don't like this extra cash. I just don't get it, <laughs> especially when the new thing is, Vince McMahon as well was a very hubristic individual who claimed at the time to have just been synonymous with this industry. So of course he controlled it. Of course he wanted to control it in his image, the image that collided spectacularly with Steve Austin, which he couldn't stand. He couldn't stand the idea of this redneck guy who's just so raw, so uncontrollable, just owning that which he himself created. Mm-hmm. So you could understand, therefore, why he would cut his nose off to spite his face. What is in it for Adam Pierce to do this? He's just, an, he's just a middle manager. It wasn't even, it was scarcely believable when Vince did it to The Rock yes. in 2000, because, I mean, look at The Rock. Yeah. Like, and you picked him once before. Yeah. So it was it was a, a stretch then when this was the tightest written show it ever was in Remember its history. Remember the Vince Roman one? That's somehow worse than this. Yeah. The Vince Roman one was the absolute worst. Are you talking about, because there was two, are you talking about the one where Vince was a guest referee making his boobs bounce and like trying to get Seamus the title rather, or the one where like Roman went backstage, I'm going to have to speak to Brock Lesnar's biggest fan, and he went in Gorilla and Shane had to get. Remember that? Like did that like because it was a WrestleMania build. Yeah, yeah they've yeah. done it twice, haven't they, with right. Vince and Roman? Oh, Brock's gonna get the free pass because he's Vince's boy. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> it's you. Oh, just they did it twice. Yeah, they did the stupidest, least convincing storyline ever twice. They did the shame. It was Seamus that they did it with with Vince. Where why he was, would you want Seamus? Where Roman, Roman was like Superman punching. Everyone Vince. knew. Everyone knew as well. An absolute felonious assault on the intelligence. Oh, I don't want to. I just can't get into this. 
I've seen it for twenty years. I've seen it done. I've seen it done considerably better. Twenty three years ago, I can't do maths. Yeah, twenty one years ago. Oh no, if the Austin one was twenty three, yeah, that's right. Twenty three mm-hmm. years ago, I've seen it much better mm-hmm. when it made sense. I, I, this is stupid. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. On the subject of this being stupid, that plot development being twenty three years old and it's never made less sense. On people have completed um, doctorates at university in the uh, that were like not alive when this storyline was last relevant. <laughs> How does the show continue to do really well? I can understand, right? I do try and put myself in the position of, you don't like it, that doesn't mean it's automatically bad. Mm -hmm. These things tend to be subjective. I can vaguely understand when there was a little bit of intrigue surrounding like the bloodline and the Roman character was fresh and you really, I think they did well to present Roman with such conviction as a character because he hadn't felt like that with a full-timer in at least a character that people actually connected to or intrigued by. I thought the JSO arc was amazing. Legitimately people brilliant. People really, really liked it. it. I don't get it anymore. I don't get why this show continues to do really, really well in the ratings. You're the guy who's got a degree of latitude in terms of watching this. What's your explanation? Because you've gone off SmackDown completely. Yep. I never see it like furiously defended by the worst people on Twitter anymore, either like, what's going on? I am entertained more by the drivel on Raw than I am by the kind of disappointment of SmackDown. Big E popped the bubble, if it was even still floating through the air, about Roman Reigns to me. There was a distinct feeling around the time of the build to the first Brock Lesnar match that they haven't got the baby face. They have not got the baby face. If it's The Rock, The Rock's losing. So he's not, the he's a big yeah. match, but he's not the guy. Um, and it was senseless to not have Big E beating when there was no stakes. Senseless, because you could have gone back to that in two years, and they didn't. So it's, they haven't got one. They can't build one, because they can't build anybody ever. So they're not, the, whoever your favorite wrestler is, is never going to get a two-year-long push. He's never going to get a Hangman Page story to yeah. eventually rise and beat Roman. It's just not happening. So I think, like, the faith, all faith is gone. In terms of an explanation for the continued audience of SmackDown, I might have something for you, but it doesn't tie directly to Roman Reigns. That's okay. We're recording this. SmackDown's a Friday night. We're recording this on a Friday, as close as we can, because we like to see what WWE previewed, which in this case is nothing. Nothing. But we record it on a Friday afternoon, all the same. Uh, this Friday is different to my regular Friday. Tonight, I will be going out for a drink and hopefully reenacting the video to Smack My Bitch Up uh, by The Prodigy. I'm going to be the first person, just like, just chaos and destruction and sick everywhere. Typically on a Friday night, I would be sat in the house watching episodes of Top of the Pops on BBC4, which also does a remarkably strong rating. Why is that? Because old knackered parents that watched this when they were younger and want that flash of nostalgia sit in front of it, are reminded of a better time, and fall asleep. <laughs> yes. That Top of the Pops rating that I watch, I do tune in, but I sometimes have to just recap the last five minutes the next day because it's on quite late. And I think, oh, yeah, that fell asleep in front of the telly. I'll stick that back on. Two million Americans do that every week. And that's SmackDown's Are number. Are you a fuller sleeper in front of the telly guy as well? I never used to be, but I am now. I, I used I'm, to watch I'm, I'm my dad, dad doing it, yeah. and I used to think, oh, that would never happen to me, and now it does. It's and I realised I was the cause of that, because my kids are the cause of it. Yes. Yeah. It's honestly like, it's a good job I get my preferred recreation of choice in the form of AEW, watching it at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. UK time, so I can then, you know, discuss it for work and whatnot. I try to watch things on telly on a night. Like, it's taken me and my wife about a month and a half to watch five episodes of Succession because by the time we actually do the jobs that we do, 
do the parenting before and after those jobs on a weekday, eat our tea. It's like, oh, I just want to go to bed. You so know, I've done five successions. Sometimes I'll say, I'll go up there in a minute and uh, I, just, this, I just want to watch a Seinfeld or something. She's like more tired than me. She loves her sleep more than I do. And then I try to watch something on the Yorkshire Ripper on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Thinking, this is gross, captivating stuff. You've got to stay up for this. Five minutes and I'm just like, I wake up half an hour later, completely lost. And I was like, oh, I've been asleep again. Prestige TV has taken a pound in an hour house. Me and my wife watch Only Connect and Richard Osman's House of Games because they are 30 minutes a shot and they actually keep the mind working throughout. So they actually kind of force you to think a little bit. And it's entertaining, but they force you to think. Prestige stuff. You know how there's this idea that, and Vince McMahon is excluded from this conversation, but basically all culture is fundamentally dominated by straight dudes in their 40s and 30s because once upon a time they were younger and now they're getting to the age where they're having kids as well, which is why Prestige TV is becoming 30 minutes instead yes. of an hour. Like once upon a time it was an hour, but those people have moved on. Anything that is now 30 minutes plus stands a chance of, like I lose that last 15 minutes. Yes. And I think that's why Prestige TV is hitting the 20 minutes, 30 minutes, because the makers of these shows are having kids of their own. Yes. And they're thinking, what are, are we still dominating the agenda? Yes, I think we are. What do we need? <laughs> yes. What do the Dadleys need? Because they're in the mid-30s and they're starting to tire. I am a big fan of Only Connect. The yeah. only, a big fan. The Only Connect University Challenge hour long yeah. is like the one night per week where I'm like, where I'm particularly going, go to bed. I want to watch Only Connect. <laughs> It's well, being Vince to your kids. Go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. Oh, it's only <laughs> It's just like this genteel kind of like, ah. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Makes you feel good, too. It's uh, any You get one question yeah, right yeah, across the whole question. hour, and you feel great. There's all these absolute boffins yeah. who are incredible. You get a five-point running kit at you for the week. I'm running around celebrating like I've got the winner. You're a twat of the boffins. Yeah. Like me and Francis, like, oh, he's the worst. Like him. Look at him. Look at that privilege <laughs> of life he's led. Oh, I really like that Monday night. Love a Monday night. Best That's the latest, nine o'clock is the latest I'll stay up. Best thing about Only Connect, and I would fall victim to this, so I'm not shaming these people. If anybody's never watched this, any of our American listeners or anybody in the UK, it's a very, very, very niche quiz show with intentionally difficult questions with people that are just excellent at quizzes, general knowledge, and just knowledge, full stop. In the application of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's thinking very, very, very laterally, but in like quite oblique ways. It's yes. a really lovely half-hour quiz. And um, the host... Uh, goes around and introduces the contestants one at a time, and they're there for the love of quizzing. They're not there to be television stars. You don't win a big prize. You just win because you're for, you're the best thinkers in yes. the UK this year. And they're required to provide a, f- a fun fact about themselves. And the fun facts are always so lame because <laughs> these are, they, I love. I'd love to be good enough to go on. I'd never do out. Shit, nah, I'm not on these people's levels. These people are could amazing. Do the weakest link. I could. They don't do bash. that anymore. I could give it a bash, but I couldn't do only connect. But these people haven't pissed half the life away like we have watching wrestling or drinking, they've read. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, uh, Tom from uh, Exeter uh, was once on a, <laughs> was once on a stag do and tripped over his shoes. <laughs> cool. And he was like once on that one stag do once as well. They're great. There's something like that as well. It's like we can make people feel a little bit cool yeah. watching this. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins with Only Connect. It's the very opposite of WWE. Apart from me, who's thick and can't answer the questions. <laughs> Are you going to only connect? I need some kind of segue to get the hell out of here. Let us all know at what culture WWE on Twitter whilst oh, you're there. Yeah. Imagine the feed later on. Yes, I'm going to only connect at what culture WWE. Oh, thanks. Like, imagine you checking the feed later on. What the fuck's this? I'll be checking. Will you be checking? 
You're, you're off Twitter. I'm off Twitter at the moment, but I might go back just to look at that. It's going to be Wilborn checking for the pod on Monday. Well, here's what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to come back to loads more followers, and they can follow you at Michael Hamflick. You can follow me at M. Sidgwick. Once again, you can follow us all on Twitter at What Cult. Oh, Jesus Christ, at What Culture <laughs> WWE. It's a Friday, forgive us. Um, and over the weekend, we've got lots more great podcast content coming your way. So subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever. And until then, we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.